Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember to hit the like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans, and he, tra- and he takes about a fraction of a second. Welcome, everyone, into the show on this Tuesday night. What a Tuesday night, by the way, because the Cowboys' 53-man roster is set, kind of, and we'll get into why in a moment here, but we've got a lot to break down on offense, on defense. So many rookies made it, right? There was a trade. Kelvin Joseph is no longer a Cowboy because he was traded away. And they brought Kelvin Joseph 2.0. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I actually like the the trade. So it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a fun night. So welcome, everyone. Uh, the title of the video is Every Surprise and Biggest Takeaways. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be a little bit of a free-flow show because we're going to be talking about what the roster looks like, some of the biggest surprises, and some of the biggest takeaways, and it's not going to be necessarily in order. Because if we're talking about one position group, we might float to the other one, etc. So, I will open, though, with my question from me to you, and that is, what was the biggest surprise for you of the 53-man roster? And do not worry. I have pictures of the roster, so we'll be uh, looking at it together as well. But first, uh, while you give me some of your answers, let me say hi really quickly. We've got Toxic in the chat. We've got Gregory, Colin. Who else here? Uh, Lance, Stephen White at YouTube. Uh, We've got, here we go, John Jones. We've got Danny Savage, Dominic over at Facebook, Ines, Katharina, Cheryl, What's up, everyone? Welcome into the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hunter Lipke says, Jorge, no, excuse me, it wasn't Jorge. What's up, Jorge, though? Welcome to the show. Dominic says, Hunter Lipke surprised me by making it. Gregory says, Land is cut. Colin goes with Neville Gallimore making the roster. That was a surprise for many, I agree. I saw a land for Bruce, too. Let's see here. Um... Only three linebackers, says Dart. Spider-Man is real surprising. That's the Cowboys' weak link. The draft, oh, no, peace for, uh, hey, shout out to you, sir. Over here in the chat, it had to be Land, says Katharina. Man, uh, Isaiah Land was one of the tough cuts for sure. I do agree with all of you guys. I do agree with some of the surprises that you have mentioned so far. Uh, I want to start with Libke, too, because... Maybe it wasn't exactly a surprise 
after Saturday night's 118-yard performance against the Las Vegas Raiders. But it was one of the biggest storylines entering Tuesday because we were like, hey, man, is it going to be enough for him? Because we had not seen that version of Hunter until week three of the preseason. And so much so that when Mike McCarthy was asked about how big that was for him to get into the roster, he kind of confirmed it, that that was it. That was that game was basically what got Hunter onto the team. So pretty, pretty cool to see him making it. Of course, in order for him to make it, and I'm going to show you the offense right now up on the screen. This is the 53-man roster, the offense side of things. By the way, also surprised by eight offensive linemen. We'll get to that. But yes, the Cowboys carry three running backs. And then Lipke is your number four guy. Now, as I said, played his way into the roster with that week three performance. His making the roster means that Sean McKeon was not going to make it. Because you were not going to carry four running backs and four tight ends. It was tough to pull that off just for roster mathematic reasons. And they ultimately will carry out a very similar role as pass catchers and blockers, right? Because that's what we expected out of Sean McKeon as a tight end if he had made it as a fourth guy. You wouldn't have carried Sean McKeon for him to be a weapon. And I'm not saying he cannot make good catches because he has in the past and he has shown that this very training camp, but you're not carrying him to be a weapon over some of these other guys that are already on the roster, like uh, Jake Ferguson and even Peyton Hendershot, who would be a better pass catcher than Sean McKeon. And what did Hunter Lipke showed you on Saturday night? Because I think he showed much more as a receiver than he did as a runner. So if the Cowboys feel confident in saying, you know what, I can get Lipke as lined up as a sniffer, right? Right behind the offensive line, kind of like get him in certain blocking situations. And he showed those blocking abilities too versus the Raiders because there were at least a couple of snaps where he was out there picking up blitzes, which is obviously a check mark, but it's also the willingness and the physicality of those blocks that I think are what the coaches are going to take and they're going to project that into some other roles too, like near the goal line, short yardage situations. You can give him the football too. So overall, pretty versatile player. Glad that he made it. I had my doubts that he would because I really had my doubts that the Cowboys were going to be willing to move on from Sean McKeon because we've seen him work with the first team and second team way more than we've seen Hunter, right? So he needed a big game on Saturday versus the Raiders, and boy, did he deliver. So shout out to Hunter Lipke. I think that was the one guy that everyone was rooting for today. Like we entered Tuesday wanting Hunter Lipke to be in there, and Cowboys fans got their wish. Let's see here. AJ says, Lipke, good for those 30 yards and blitz pickups. And it was such a weird start for Hunter Lipke this preseason because it seemed like he couldn't stay up. Like he was stripping. He was struggling with balance. And you see that on film, and it's pretty easy to go 
well, what's wrong with, with Lipke, right? And I think that McCarthy made a comment today after the cutdown deadline that really shed some light into it. And it was something along the lines of the game being too fast for him at first. And he did say, hey, it takes, you know, a different timeline for some of these players. And Hunter Lipke was one of them. So clearly it was also a little bit about that, right? Because remember what players have said all of the time. I remember when Izzy Mukwamu said it here on the show when he joined us last year. And Mukwamu had said something about, man, year one, I was thinking while I was playing. But it gets to the point where players can just play because they already understand what's going on. They understand what they're seeing, what the play call calls for, what's the purpose of it. So good for Hunter Lipke making that jump. Vincent says... I knew Lipke was going to make it. Too much upside, says Vincent. Let's see here. Uh, details is Hunter is a big running back, not a Kyle Yu, not a John Kuhn. And yeah, that's why comps are always tough. Like you can see why those players are different pretty easily. Now, Hunter Lipke, make no mistake about it. He's going to be a guy that is going to have to earn it on special teams to be active on game day, right? But it also does give the Cowboys a very multidisciplinary running back room where you're going to have well-balanced backs in Pollard and Dowdle. And even your number one running back, like Pollard, is not going to be the guy that you want to make a workhorse. I'm not saying that he can't handle it. And I'm not going back to that narrative from last year where they were kind of selling us this idea about, oh, yeah, Number 14 carry for Pollard is fine. Number 15, we're all in big trouble. That's because that never really make a lot of sense. But what I'm saying is, yeah, you, you probably want to lean towards the running back committee side of things with this group. But you've got Pollard, who is uh, well-balanced across the board. The same for Rico Dowdle. And then you have the chifty playmaker in Deuce Vaughn. And the big guy, even if he's not as big as you guys pointed out in the chat, but the heavy guy that has some power to him, that can be involved in blocking situations, and that can also be a pretty good pass catcher out of the backfield. So that's going to be fun. Wide receiver, not a whole lot of surprises. Let's say that uh, Jalen Brooks is the takeaway here. Like He makes it as a number six wide out. And some people will say, Hey, how does Jalen Brooks make it over some other of the guy did? And then Jalen Brooks had people would have been pissed at that, I think, uh, just because people would say Brooks is not going to get on the field. And you might be right offensively, but I think that the Cowboys are probably looking at Jalen Brooks more or less in the same light that they looked at Noah Brown, but with that upside, right? Or that renewed upside of that size and that combination of traits as a wide receiver. But I, I think that Jalen Brooks is going to play a lot on special teams because the Cowboys are sure going to need it as they replace a look Gifford. You were also trying to replace all of those, you know, Noah Brown reps Maybe not from last year because he was forced into a starting role, but you're also going to be replacing Kelvin Joseph in there. And Noah is also going to be getting some special teams reps, but we'll get to the trade later. All I'm trying to say is 
Brooks is also going to be fighting for those special teams reps. Um, three tight ends for the Cowboys. Ferguson, Schoonmaker, Hendershot, all on the team. Uh, Sean McKee on the absence, as I said. Pretty surprising group of offensive linemen, though. Pretty surprising group of offensive linemen. And, and let's go through it because this is one of the biggest areas of concern. Let's go through it really quickly. You've got your starting offensive line. So Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Viadish, and then Zach Martin, Terrence Steele. All good there. All good. That's your starting group of five wide receivers, right? Then you've got Matt Willetsko, who insiders were painting as a potential IR candidate. So he could be missing like four games at least this season. And I think we all would look at him as this potential swing tackle if he was healthy. Asim Richards has proven that he can play on the left side. You don't want him to play, obviously. And I think that if Tyron Smith goes down, the plan is probably for Tyler to be kicked outside. And then TJ Voss, who's the eighth guy on the, on the offensive line, TJ Voss maybe become the swing guard right in that scenario and play left guard. Again, knock on wood, not wanting to make any of this happen, but just like realistically, these are your possibilities. So, well, let's go. He's probably going on IR. That's what many of the insiders are saying. And then Chuma Edoga would be re-signing with the Cowboys in time for week one. So Chuma Edoga could probably be your swing tackle too because they wanted him to be your swing everything. Honestly, that guy, because he was playing left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle. And he wasn't doing necessarily great, but maybe now that the Cowboys coaching staff has a better idea of what they're working with. They can focus Chuma a little bit better. We'll see what where that goes. But And even then, like how healthy is Chuma, right, in the first place? So still just wanted to go through the offensive line to point this out. We've gone over the swing tackle options. We've gone over the swing guard. If Tyler Viadish goes down, who the heck is playing center, guys? Because that's where I'm concerned a little bit. Matt Farniak and Brock Hoffman were the other two guys getting reps at center. The Cowboys do not have a backup center currently on the roster. And that has to be a concern. It just has to be. That's why teams go into game days with eight backup, with eight total offensive linemen active. Because they're trying to, one, get the benefit of that boost in the active roster because I don't know if you guys know, but like you get 53 players on your roster of which 48 can be active on game day as long as you've got eight active offensive linemen. But if you've got seven active offensive linemen, then that number goes down to 47. So you basically unlock that 48th spot with eight offensive linemen. So yeah, I'm concerned about not having a center. Now, we still need to go through practice squad signings, and it's going to take some time because they go through waivers, and then they've got 24 hours to be claimed by other teams, and then you get into this situation where once they clear waivers, then you start re-signing some of these players to your practice squad. So let's say, let's say that they sign 
Brock Hoffman and or Matt Farniak, right? Whatever of the two in 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 that in that area. You could call them up on game days for like two weeks each, let's say, because that's the limit. Or you can not call them up and have this crazy emergency plan where you have Zach Martin play center because he's done it before. And I know that Todd Archer from ESPN tweeted about this possibility. So you got to guess that he's hearing something about it. So could there be no backup center at all for a game day? And then the Cowboys have Zach Martin as an emergency backup at center, have him slide inside and have TJ Boss enter or something like that. I, I got to tell you right now, it does not sound fun. I do not want to see that happen. Or yes, do you call up somebody and have somebody at the ready at all times? And then maybe by week four, week three, you got to actually sign one of those guys to the 53-man roster. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, did Bass play any center in camp? Asks Todd here in the chat. I don't know if he did do it in camp, like behind the scenes, but it doesn't sound like he's an option, though, at center. It doesn't sound like he is an option for the Cowboys there. Gregory says, we need to draft a center. And Gregory, while I agree that that could be a need for the Cowboys, I'm, I'm worried about this year <laughs> first. I'm worried about September. Uh, before April, <laughs> but I understand where Gregory's coming from, though. Linebacker depth is kind of thin, says Roderick, and uh, kind of is, is certainly an understatement. Uh, Roderick is covering for the Cowboys, but all, all, all kidding aside, like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty thin, but we'll get to that in a moment here in the show. Let's see here. Bring back Phil Costas is toxic. Kurtz says, Martin has played center before, and he is good at it. Yeah, like, we, we, we've seen we've seen Zach play right tackle in a pinch, and, and he's done it well. Like, I, I'm done doubting Zach Martin. If, if he needs to be the emergency QB one day, uh, I'm going to trust that guy. But I just don't want to go into that whole shuffle in a big game because the reason why I'm kind of nervous about the season, quote-unquote, is like, yes, the Cowboys are one of the three favorites to win the NFC because they are, like, numerically. And in my personal opinion, it's also those three big teams again, like Niners, Eagles, and Cowboys in whichever order you prefer, honestly. And it, it's one of those seasons where it feels almost like a college season where one game could be the difference between the number one seed and the number five seed. And I don't want to be a wildcard again. So going into game day without those solid backup plans is kind of dangerous. It is. Let's see here, though. Connor Williams is a good center, says Toxic Tom. Yeah. He went with the Mike McDaniel Dolphins and immediately looked better. Uh, and that kind of hurt. But yeah. I think Matt... Oh, by the way, he was taking shots to the Cowboys coaching staff. Uh, more specifically at the Cowboys' previous coaching staff uh, earlier this year. I think Matt Farniak will make it to the practice squad as the backup center, says Toxic Tom. And even then, you got to reach like a decision where, again, do you call him up right away or do you wait it out a little bit and then you sign him or what it's going to be the plan there? That's what I'm a little bit nervous about. But anyways, let's move on 
That's the defense. I think that's the, the the offense, excuse me. I think those are the biggest takeaways on offense. I don't think that we saw a whole lot of surprises there. Things get interesting in defense, though. Things really get interesting on defense, though, for a lot of reasons. I want to start with the cornerback. So, sorry, defensive line. Honestly, the one big takeaway from that is Gallimore made it to the team. And I will say this about Gallimore. I remember we talked about it at some point in the year here on primetime. And he wasn't on my prediction to make the team, by the way. But one thing that Gallimore has that Goldston does not have, or Vilami Fehoko does not have, is size. And that's something that you cannot really teach at this moment, right? If you are the Cowboys. Sure, you can adjust the player's weight, right? Uh, but he does provide a different body type on the defensive line. And he makes it over Quinton Vohana because you, you are good at nose tackle. You've got Hankins and you've got Masi. If you carry a third nose tackle on the roster, he's probably going to be an inactive player all of the time. So being uh, Gallimore being uh, the three technique for the Cowboys, like not the three technique, but being the final defensive tackle that makes it, at the end of the day, he's surprised because of how they were playing him deep into the fourth quarter, how he was an inactive player uh, for the playoffs, even though he was healthy. It was a surprise in that sense, but also it kind of makes sense what once you think about it in that light. But anyways, back to the defense, though. want to talk about the cornerbacks here really quickly. Seven of them made the roster. So you've got seven cornerbacks, and you've got six safeties making this team. In other words, in other words, 24% wait, wait is that right 24% of your team is made up of defensive backs uh, and I just think that, that was a little bit fun to see because yeah it's 13 players out of 53 yeah I, I actually made that right uh, that math right excuse me 24% almost 25% of your team is defensive backs if you're the Cowboys which is obviously a very high number but there's some context to it so let's get to it uh, Stefan Dix makes it Right, uh, Stefan Dix. I'm doing it again. Damn it, Trevon Dix, Stefan Gilmore, Deron Bland at nickel, and then Jordan Lewis. That was big. Jordan Lewis is starting the year on the 53 man roster, and then you've got Noah. And I'm sorry, I, I need to really search that pronunciation. The, uh, the new player from the Dolphins, but it's ha. Ah. I don't even want to say it because because I'm gonna hate it when I butcher it. But I think it's something like it be it or something like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that terrible pronunciation. I will have it right tomorrow night. I promise. Uh, I just been typing away at the computer all day, haven't had a chance to really look into the pronunciation. I forgot to do it before the show. But anyways, Noah. We'll call him Noah for now. And then Nishan Wright also makes it, but he makes it as an IR candidate according to multiple reports. And finally, six-round rookie Eric Scott Jr. A lot to break down here. And I want to start with Jordan Lewis making it, though, because I think that's where we can really get into the trade and understand it much better. 
But first and foremost, my question from me to you is, Jordan Lewis makes it into the Cowboys 53-man roster. Are you buying or selling that he is ready to go? Let me know in the chat where you are at, because that's been a debate over at Cowboys Twitter all week long. Some people are pessimists regarding Jordan Lewis's return. And it's un honestly understandable, right? Foot injury that was described as a very nasty injury. Had surgery, season-ending surgery. Has not practiced all year, but he's on the 53-man roster. Instead of starting out on pop and being off for four weeks before returning. So in a way, even though it's different injuries and a different position, in a way... This could, have been, this could be compared to Michael Gallup's situation last year. A, a little bit, not exactly the same, but you know what I mean. And some people are like, hey, it seems like the Cowboys are really trying to show us that he's healthy and he is ready to go. Uh, and Patrick Walker from the Dallas Cowboys actually has been reporting that he's been ready to go for two weeks now even if he has not been practicing so it's it's honestly hard basically reporting the same for Michael Gallup last year so it's kind of those things that makes you hesitate I personally am buying on it but I want to see what you guys are uh, uh, what you guys are saying here in the chat <laughs> oh man uh, not going to start here. This is toxic. Let's see. Uh, I think that he means Noah. It just rolls right off the tongue, says Colin. Hey, man, I'll, I'll get it right. I promise. I promise. Toxic says, I'm selling hard. They kept him off the pup so he can't practice, which he would not be able to do on the pup. Yes, and, and you know, that's one of the big things that many people are saying. Like, they just want him on the walkthroughs on Wednesdays so he can be learning what they're going to be doing defensively and all of that. And I don't hate that uh, idea. It could be it, honestly. Katharina says selling. Let's see here. Selling. No, Lance actually says, I'm in the in-between, but I'm happy. Mark Andrew is selling, buying for Gilbert. I am buying it, uh, but like knowing that he's not going to be there week one. Like it's going to take more time. But I do see the value in those practice reps or those walkthrough reps. And if you are carrying this group of defensive backs anyways, I didn't see a lot of value in sticking with Kelvin Joseph over Jordan Lewis. And I will say that them trading away Kelvin Joseph actually makes me question myself and be like, Maybe they mean it. Maybe Jordan Lewis is actually ready to go earlier than many of us would expect him to. Because here's the thing about the Kelvin Joseph trade. And again, assume that Deshaun Wright is off for IR because that's what they are reporting. So don't count Wright right now. Which meant that before the trade, you have Diggs, Gilmore, Bland, Lewis, and Joseph. And Scott Jr. But those three names, Bland, Lewis, and Joseph had one big thing in common, and that was they're playing inside. Lewis is not somebody that the Cowboys are going to play outside in a million years. 
The same goes for Kelvin Joseph because they already saw him play on the outside in 2022 and he was not convincing. And then for Deron Bland, they might be willing to play him outside if needed, but then that's pretty much all of your depth because Eric Scott Jr. is not ready. He needs to be a special teamer for now and develop and all of that. And hopefully, you know, he, he can be a surprise like Bland was last year as a fifth rounder. But he's not somebody that you want on the field anytime soon. And we saw that in the preseason crystal clear. So it got to the point where, honestly, the Cowboys were like, hey, we already have inside depth. We need somebody who can play outside or who at least has the potential to play on the outside because Noah has not had the, the career start that he would have envisioned coming out of the NFL draft in 2020. But he has the traits and he has the speed and he's got not necessarily the height because he's, he's actually five foot ten, So he's short for a Dan Queen cornerback. But he's somebody that through three years in the NFL, most of his snaps had come on the outside. Kelvin Joseph is going to go to Miami where they need somebody at nickel or, or for depth uh, purposes, I mean, not to start. But it's a win-win situation in that sense. And the Cowboys are showing us like they're confident in their depth inside. They need somebody on the outside. And that's why they got Noah. Does that show you that they are serious about Jordan Lewis? It might. It might. It, it might. Now... Does this necessarily have to be like the Michael Gallup situation? I'm not convinced about it either. But still. Somebody, uh, I think somebody, uh, some people have said something about the audio from what I'm seeing in the chat. I hope that it's all okay now. Just in case, I don't know, I'm going to try to replug the microphone there really quickly. Hope that that worked some way, somehow. Uh, some people were also saying that he sounds normal. So seems like we're okay, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways. Anyways, um, sorry about that. If there was an issue with the audio, let me know in the chat. But that is a cornerback situation right now. Gotta love what happened with the trade, in my opinion. Because... Kelvin Joseph, we knew that he was playing well on the inside. We also knew that it was going to be a tough road for him to get into the playing field because you had Bland. And then assume that Bland got hurt. Then Easy Mukwamu would also be in the mix. When healthy, Jordan Lewis was also going to be in the mix. And even if somebody got hurt on the outside, it was not going to be Kelvin Joseph taking over on the outside. It was going to be somebody else uh, down the road. It could be Nashawn Wright which is the good news about having him make the initial 53. Now the Cowboys can place him on IR and maybe return him mid-season, late in the season, whenever they need him. Uh, Nashawn Wright did have a strong training camp and was a training camp standout. So it was very tough to know where they were at with him. And it seems like they like what they saw so far. You do have six safeties making the team, as we expected. Uh, Marquise Bell is going to be a safety, but he's also also going to be like a linebacker. So we were talking about having three linebackers only. 
That's also because Marquis Bell is going to be playing linebacker. However, oof, for Jabril Cox, man. Like, oof. If you are not making a roster where there are three linebackers on the team, that speaks volumes about what the team thinks of you. And it's tough, I think. It's tough for, for Jabril. It's tough for the Cowboys. And we cannot say that it's a surprise. He didn't show up in the preseason, hasn't showed up before, barely has any experience on defense. I don't think that he even got to the point where he was a special team standout, even though he has the, the speed and explosiveness and all of that. And the Cowboys showed us how low they were on him by moving on from him today. Tough break for Jabril, no doubt about that. So you've got three linebackers there, and then add Marquise Bell to the equation, and that's what you are working with if you are the Cowboys. Uh, this is a position that you would still want them to maybe pull off a move or something and get somebody else on the room for, for the season. But there is not a whole lot of options out there. That the Marvin Overshown injury, it was a really significant one. Even though he was a third-round rookie and all of that, he was going to get on the field the way that he was playing in training camp and in the preseason. He was looking like one of those signature Cowboys picks that we're going to hit right away, honestly. Uh, now, just as more information here, Chuma Doga, Trent Sig, and CJ Goodwin are all expected to be back on the Cowboys roster soon because they were like roster gymnastics cut. <clears throat> so CJ Goodwin is not on here, but he's going to be. Then for special teams, they cut the long snapper, Trent Sig. He's obviously going to be ready to go in week one. And that's going to happen with time as they place these players on injured reserve. And then maybe somebody else can be a call-up from the practice squad. We'll see how they set things up. I did want to get into this question, though. But first, let me check the chat here really quickly because I know there were some issues with the audio, and I'm hoping everything uh, is okay. I hear good. Mo, this is Mark, Andrew. Justin says that it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's like audio and video not syncing. This is so weird because I use the same software that I use for my other channels in Spanish, but I have to use it from a different browser. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to do it again from the browser that I normally used. And I'm going to try to, because it, it might be browser related because I never struggle with this in other shows that I do. Anyways, this is just behind the scenes stuff that I'm bothering you with. Sorry about that. <laughs> By the way, do me a favor if you're enjoying the show in spite of the <laughs> audio video sync stuff, do me a favor and hit the like button for me and smash that thumbs up because it helps me put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And it takes about a fraction of a second to do it. It's the biggest thing that you can do to support the show. So there you go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you've got 53 players on the roster and there are going to be some changes, right? So Chuma, is likely going to be back on the 53. Trent and Goodwin are going to be back too. Uh, but 
those two are playing on special teams because they're special teams aces. My question is more around the lines of who's going to be Let's pick five. Let's pick five inactive players. You cannot say Nishan Wright. You cannot say Josh. Uh, no, not Josh Ball. Josh Ball, by the way, went to season-ending IR. We didn't know if they were going to cut him, if they were going to injure reserve him for the season, or if they were going to sneak him into the roster and then IR him. Sounds like they were just not willing to risk it, and they were like, yeah, see you next year, Josh which is tough for him because at this point, he's going to miss two of his first three years in the NFL. And that can be perceived as a dead sentence when it comes to the NFL and when it comes to playing offensive line. But I'm trying to find the five inactive players here in the, in the chat, right? And not in the chat, excuse me, in the, in the roster. So you've got 53 guys and you can have 48 active players. Trey Lance is easily... Inactive number one. And I say that because there's the emergency QB rule. You don't have a reason to have three quarterbacks on your active list. So that would be dumb. Trey Lance goes in the inactive list for me. I'm going to consider Lipke here too. I cannot consider any of the offensive linemen. So swap out. Well, let's go for Chuma there in the screen. And that's your group of linemen. I don't want to include them because it would be you would only have 47 players active then in that case. I'm going to say that maybe Fehoko is an inactive player. Or maybe Gallimore, actually. Let's do Gallimore over Fehoko. But Fehoko could be a strong candidate for the inactive list, I'm telling you. It's going to be one of those two, in my opinion. Because you want the edge rushers, and Goldston, in my opinion, has... Positioned himself above Gallimore. Now, Scott Jr., I'm going to add to my list too, even though he could be a special teamer of value. I'm going to say Juan J. Thomas as well. Again, could be a special teamer, but he's not going to get on the field otherwise, I believe, at first. And then you need somebody else. We're at four right now. I'm going to see some of your comments here in the chat. Aside from Richards and Bass, I don't like our overall offensive line depth, says Guru. Colin says inactives are probably Lance, Brooks, Noah, at least for now, Fehoko and Thomas. Yeah, Noah could be another one. But I wonder if you, like, do you go to game day with only four active cornerbacks? You could, thanks to Mukwamu, if we're being honest. You could do that. I wouldn't rule that out. Uh, Jalen Brooks could also be one, but man, it just feels like it just feels like uh, they're gonna want him on special teams. That's my impression. Let's see who makes a practice squad. Says Justin. And by the way, I had my prediction last night, but you know things have changed a little bit there because of the roster itself. Dak Pollard, Micah, and Juan J. Thomas is calling. <laughs> all right, all right, I can respect that. I guess. Yeah, I don't think that you want two cornerbacks there, but it could be. Who's game active more, Scott or the new guy named Noah? I'm going to go with Scott like for the entire season. But for now, I'm, I'm getting Scott maybe there right away. I am assuming that Kirsten and Wilson are healthy because Army Mom is actually bringing up a very good question. 
are those guys healthy? I'm going to assume so. Yeah, I'm going to assume so. And ladies and gentlemen, let's close it out. I'm going to recap here. Trey Lance, Gallimore, Scott Jr., Juan J. Thomas. And yeah, I guess, I guess give me Brooks for now. But I don't know about Brooks. Feels to me like he could be a special teamer there. Could be Brooks, and it honestly could be Lipke. It could be Hunter Lipke, too, at first, if we're being honest here. Unless for game planning purposes, you already have one area where you want him on the field. But watch out, because it also could be Lipke. Who do you think provides more special teams value for the Cowboys? Is it Lipke or is it Brooks? And I could see Brooks being the answer to that question. We'll find out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, any waiver wire people that you like, says Toxic Tom. That are that are some, but I wanted to save that topic a little bit for tomorrow night, even though I know that you know the waivers are gonna go down tomorrow. There are some, and this is just based on like my talks with other people from ADC Sports that are covering other teams. There are some major names in there. There are some major names, but and I'm actually gonna fire this up so we can talk about it before we get out of here. Cause yeah, waiting until tomorrow wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. I would be looking at Offensive linemen and linebackers, right? So, yeah, no, he's he's injured. Sorry. I was going to say Shane Ray from the Bills, but now he was injured and didn't really make a whole lot of sense for the Cowboys, I guess. Uh, there is this notable cuts tracker that I do recommend over at ADC Sports. Guess who made it for the Cowboys? It was was Isaiah Land. So he's somebody that has really made some noise around the NFL. Man, honestly, I'm looking at the list and nobody's really inspiring some thoughts for me. And Kill Harry was cut. Damn, with that guy. Poor guy. Bailey Sappy was cut. I don't know how he turned out, but I'm going to go with Diego Fagot from Navy. Linebacker for the Patriots. I really like that guy in college. I would love to see him. Uh, I would love to see that uh, potentially, but I also know that it's a long shot. Oh, this guy named Jalen Smith is also on waivers. I'm kidding. Don't worry, I'm kidding. Not a whole lot of names, though. I don't have a lot of names for you on the waiver wire, but we can get to that uh, later to, like, even, even after the first round of waivers, we can talk about some of the potential signings that they could do. But I don't, I'm not expecting a whole lot of movements, like maybe one or two. Because Noah couldn't count as a wire guy. Yeah, like Rashawn Evans could be, as Army Mom Heather says. And, and not, you, you wouldn't be talking about waiver wire there. You would be talking about free agency. Rashawn Evans intrigues me. Yeah, he was super productive last year. I'm, I'm not betting on him to be anything special, but just like a productive guy that you can line up at any time. So I'm guessing Evans is one of the likeliest free agents that you could sign. Somebody's asking about Mr. Isaac Alarcon. My guy, did he make the roster? He did not make the roster. That was tough. That was a tough ask for him. I believe he can make practice squad. I believe he can make the practice squad though. And sounds like sounds like uh, there is some agreement there. So 
we'll see. Tomorrow is a big day for Isaac, but I am expecting him in the PS tomorrow. We'll see if it happens or not. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. This is the breakdown of the roster, I think. But there's a whole lot more to talk about the rest of the week. And guess what? Guess what? We are a little bit over a week away, away from the Cowboys playing a regular season game. Because in week one, they'll be taking the New York Giants on Sunday night football. And man, I cannot wait for that. I really can't. Waiting all day for the Sunday night. That's what we're going to be singing very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. Thank you so much for joining the show. And bye-bye.